Hello, welcome to Timeless Tales, classic stories and poems for the young and the young at heart. I'm Miss Fiona, and over the course of six episodes, I'll share folk tales, fairy stories, classic poems, and short selections from timeless fantasy books. This podcast is a production of the Caldwell Public Library in Caldwell, Idaho. Episode 3, in which we ponder how things got to be the way they are. A long time ago, an author named Rudyard Kipling wrote a series of fanciful explanations for how the world got to be the way it is. Today we'll read just two of his famous just-so stories. How the camel got his hump kind of tells you what it's about. The cat who walked by himself shows us just how tricky cats really are. And now, on with the timeless tales. How the Camel Got His Hump Written by Rudyard Kipling Now this is the next tale, and it tells how the camel got that big hump. In the beginning of years, when the world was so new and all, and the animals were just beginning to work for man, there was a camel. And he lived in the middle of a howling desert because he did not want to work. And besides, he was a howler himself. So he ate sticks and thorns and tamarisks and milkweed and prickles. Most scruciating idol. When anybody spoke to him, he said, Humph! Just humph! And no more. Presently the horse came to him on Monday morning with a saddle on his back and a bit in his mouth and said, Camel, oh camel, come out and trot like the rest of us. Humph, said the camel, and the horse went away and told the man. Presently the dog came to him with a stick in his mouth and said, Camel, oh camel, come and fetch and carry like the rest of us. Humph, said the camel, and the dog went away and told the man. Presently the ox came to him with a yoke on his neck and said, Camel, oh camel, come and plow like the rest of us. Humph, said the camel, and the ox went away and told the man. At the end of the day the man called the horse and the dog and the ox together and said, Three, oh three, I'm very sorry for you, with the world so new and all, but that humph thing in the desert can't work, or he would have been here by now, so I am going to leave him alone, and you must work double time to make up for it. That made the three very angry with the world, so new and all, and they held a palaver, and an indaba, and a punchayat, and a powwow on the edge of the desert, and the camel came chewing milkweed, most scruciating idol, and laughed at them. Then he said, Humph! and went away again. Presently there came along the jinn in charge of all deserts, rolling in a cloud of dust. Jinns always travel that way because it is magic. And he stopped to palaver and powwow with the three. Jinn of all deserts, said the horse, is it right for any one to be idle with the world so new and all? Certainly not, said the jinn. Well, said the horse, there's a thing in the middle of your howling desert, and he's a howler himself. 
with a long neck and long legs, and he hasn't done a stroke of work since Monday morning. He won't trot. Phew, said the gin, whistling. That's my camel for all the gold in Arabia. What does he say about it? He says, humph, says the dog, and he won't fetch and carry. Does he say anything else? Only humph, and he won't plow, said the ox. Very good, said the gin. I'll humph him if you will kindly wait a minute. The gin rolled himself up in his dust cloak and took a bearing across the desert and found that camel most scrutiatingly idle looking at his own reflection in a pool of water. My long and bubbling friend, said the gin, what's this I hear of you doing no work with the world so new and all? Humph, said the camel. The gin sat down with his chin in his hand and began to think a great magic while the camel looked at his own reflection in the pool of water. You've given the three extra work ever since Monday morning, all on account of your scruciating idleness, said the gin, and went on thinking magics with his chin in his hand. Humph, said the camel. I shouldn't say that again if I were you, said the gin. You might say it once too often. Bubbles, I want you to work. And the camel said, humph, again. But no sooner had he said it than he saw his back that he was so proud of puffing up and puffing up into a great big lolloping humph. Do you see that? said the gin. That's your very own humph that you've brought upon your very own self by not working. Today is Thursday and you've done no work since Monday when the work began. Now you are going to work. How can I, said the camel, with this humph on my back? That's made a purpose, said the gin, all because you missed those three days. You will be able to work now for three days without eating because you can live on your hump. Don't you ever say I never did anything for you. Come out to the desert and go to the three and behave. Humph yourself. And the camel humphed himself, humph and all, and went away to join the three. And from that day to this, the camel always wears a hump. We call it a hump now, not to hurt his feelings. But he has never yet caught up with the three days that he missed at the beginning of the world, and he has never yet learned how to behave. The Cat That Walked By Himself by Rudyard Kipling Hear and attend and listen, for this befell, and behappened and became and was, O oh, my best beloved, when the tame animals were wild. The dog was wild, the horse was wild, the cow was wild, the sheep was wild, the pig was wild, as wild as wild could be, and they walked in the wet wild woods by their wild loans. But the wildest of all the wild animals 
was the cat. He walked by himself, and all places were alike to him. Of course, the man was wild, too. He was dreadfully wild. He didn't even begin to be tame till he met the woman. She told him that she did not like living in his wild ways. She picked out a nice dry cave instead of a heap of wet leaves to lie down in. She strewed clean sand on the floor. She lit a nice fire of wood at the back of the cave. She hung a dried wild horse skin tail down across the opening of the cave. And she said, Wipe your feet, dear, when you come in, and now we'll keep house. That night, best beloved, they ate wild sheep roasted on hot stones, flavored with wild garlic and wild pepper, wild duck stuffed with wild rice and wild fenugreek and wild coriander, and marrow bones of wild oxen, wild cherries, and wild grenadillas. Then the man went to sleep in front of the fire, ever so happy, but the woman sat up combing her hair. She took the bone of the shoulder of the mutton, a big fat blade bone, and she looked at the wonderful marks on it, and she threw more wood on the fire, and she made a magic. She made the first singing magic in the world. Out in the wet, wild woods, all the wild animals gathered together, where they could see the light of the fire a long way off, and they wondered what it meant. Then the wild horse stamped with his wild foot and said, Oh, my friends, and oh, my enemies, why have the man and woman made that great light in that great cave? And what harm will it do to us? Wild dog lifted up his wild nose, sniffed the smell of roast mutton, and said, I will go up and see and look and say, for I think it is good. Cat, come with me. Ninny, said the cat, I am the cat who walks by himself and all places are alike to me. I will not come. Then we can never be friends again, said the wild dog, and he trotted off to the cave. But when he had gone a little way, the cat said to himself, All places are alike to me. Why should I not go to and see and look and come away my own liking? So he slipped after the wild dog softly, very softly, and hid himself where he could hear everything. When the wild dog reached the mouth of the cave, he lifted up the dried horse skin with his nose and sniffed the beautiful smell of the roast mutton. And the woman, looking at the blade bone, heard him and laughed and said, Here comes the first wild thing out of the woods. What do you want? Wild dog said, Oh, enemy and wife of my enemy, what is this that smells so good in the wild woods? Then the woman picked up a roasted mutton bone and threw it to the wild dog and said, Wild thing out of the wild woods, taste and try. Wild dog gnawed the bone and it was more delicious than anything he had ever tasted and he said, Oh, my enemy and wife of my enemy, give me another. The woman said, Wild thing out of the wild woods, help my man to hunt through the day and guard this cave at night and I will give you as many roast bones as you need. Ah, said the cat listening, this is a very wise woman, but she is not so wise as I am. Wild dog crawled into the cave and laid his head on woman's lap and said, Oh, my friend, and wife of my friend, 
I will help your man to hunt through the day, and at night I will guard your cave. Ah, said the cat, listening, that is a very foolish dog. And he went back through the wet wild woods, waving his wild tail and walking by his wild lone. But he never told anybody. When the man waked up, he said, what is wild dog doing here? And the woman said, his name is not wild dog any more, but the first friend, because he will be our friend for always and always and always. Take him with you when you go hunting. Next night, the woman cut great green armfuls of fresh grass from the water meadows. She dried it before the fire so it smelt like new-mown hay, and she sat at the mouth of the cave and plaited a halter out of horsehide, and she looked at the shoulder of mutton bone, at the big, broad blade bone, and she made a magic. She made the second singing magic in the world. Out in the wild woods, all the wild animals wondered what had happened to Wild Dog, and at last Wild Horse stamped with his foot and said, I will go and see why Wild Dog has not returned. Cat, come with me. Nanny, said the cat, I am the cat who walks by himself, and all places are alike to me. I will not come. But all the same he followed Wild Horse softly very softly, and hid himself where he could hear everything. When the woman heard Wild Horse tripping and stumbling on his long mane, she laughed and said, Here comes the second wild thing out of the wild woods. Wild thing, what do you want? Wild Horse said, Oh, enemy, and wife of my enemy, where is Wild Dog? The woman laughed, picked up the blade bone, and looked at it and said, Wild thing out of the wild woods, you did not come here for wild dog, but for the sake of this good grass. And wild horse, tripping and stumbling on his long mane, said, That is true. Give it to me to eat. The woman said, Wild thing out of the wild woods, bend your wild head, and where would I give you? And you shall eat wonderful grass three times a day. Ah, said the cat, listening, this is a clever woman, but she is not so clever as I. Wild Horse bent his wild head. The woman slipped the plated hide halter over it, and Wild Horse breathed on the woman's feet and said, Oh, my mistress and wife of my master, I will be your servant for the sake of the wonderful grass. Ah, said Cat, listening. That is a very foolish horse. And he went back through the wet wild woods, waving his wild tail and walking by his wild lone. But he never told anybody. When the man and the dog came back from hunting, the man said, What is Wild Horse doing here? And the woman said, His name is not Wild Horse any more, but the first servant, because he will carry us from place to place for always and always and always. Ride on his back when you go hunting. Next day, holding her wild head high, that her wild horns should not catch her in the wild trees, wild cow came up to the cave, and the cat followed and hid himself just as before, and everything happened just the same as before, and the cat said the same things as before, and when the wild cow had promised to give her milk to the woman every day in exchange for the wonderful grass, the cat went back through the wet wild woods, waving his wild tail and walking by his wild lone just the same as before. But he never told anybody. And when the man 
and the horse and the dog came home from hunting and asked the same questions as before the woman said her name is not wild cow any more but giver of good food she will give us warm white milk for always and always and always and i will take care of her while you and the first friend and the first servant go hunting next day the cat waited to see if any other wild thing would go up to the cave but no one moved in the wet wild woods so the cat walked there by himself and he saw the woman milking the cow and he saw the light of the fire in the cave and he smelt the smell of the warm white milk cat said oh my enemy and wife of my enemy where did the wild cow go the woman laughed and said wild thing out of the wild woods go back to the woods again for i have braided up my hair and put away the magic blade bone and we have no more need of either friends or servants in our cave cat said i am not a friend and i am not a servant i am the cat who walks by himself and i wish to come into your cave woman said then why did you not come with the first friend on the first night cat grew very angry and said has wild dog told tales of me then the woman laughed and said you are the cat who walks by himself and all places are alike to you you are neither a friend nor a servant you've said it all yourself go away and walk by yourself in all places alike then the cat pretended to be sorry and said must i never come into the cave must i never sit by the warm fire must i never drink the warm white milk you are very wise and very beautiful you should not be cruel even to a cat woman said i knew i was wise i did not know i was beautiful so i will make a bargain with you if ever i say one word in your praise you may come into the cave and if you say two words in my praise said the cat i never shall said the woman but if i say two words in your praise then you may sit by the fire and if you say three words said the cat i never shall said the woman if i say three words in your praise you may drink the warm white milk three times a day for always and always and always then the cat arched his back and said now let the curtain at the mouth of the cave and the fire at the back of the cave and the milk pots that stand beside the fire remember what my enemy and the wife of my enemy has said and he went away through the wet wild woods waving his wild tail and walking by his wild lone that night when the man and the horse and the dog came home from hunting the woman did not tell them of the bargain she had made with the cat because she was afraid they might not like it cat went far and far away and hid himself in the wet wild woods by his wild lone for a long time till the woman had forgot all about him only the bat little upside down bat that hung inside the cave knew where cat hid every evening bat would fly to cat with news of what was happening one evening bat said there's a baby in the cave he's new and pink and fat and small and the woman's very fond of him ah said the cat listening but what is the baby fond of he is fond of things that are soft and tickle said the bat he is fond of warm things to hold in his arms when he goes to sleep he is fond of being played with he is fond of all those things ah said the cat listening 
then my time has come. Next night, Cat walked through the wet wild woods and hid very near the cave till morning time. Man and dog and horse went hunting. The woman was busy cooking that morning, and baby cried and interrupted. So she carried him outside the cave and gave him a handful of pebbles to play with. But still the baby cried. Then the cat put out his patty paw and patted baby on the cheek, and it cooed. Cat rubbed against its fat knees and tickled under its fat chin with his tail. And the baby laughed, and the woman heard him and smiled. Then the bat, the little upside-down bat that hung in the mouth of the cave, said, Oh, my hostess and wife of my host and mother of my host's son, a wild thing from the wild woods is most beautifully playing with your baby. A blessing on that wild thing, whoever he may be, said the woman, straightening her back, for I was a busy woman this morning, and he has done me a service. The very minute and second best beloved, the dried horse-skin curtain was stretched tail down at the mouth of the cave. It fell down, whoosh, because it remembered the bargain she'd made with the cat. When the woman went to pick it up, lo and behold, the cat was sitting quite comfy inside the cave. Oh, my enemy, and wife of my enemy, and mother of my enemy, said the cat. It is I, for you have spoken a word in my praise, and now I can sit within the cave for always and always. But still, I am the cat who walks by himself, and all places are alike to me. The woman was very angry and shut her lips tight and took up her spinning wheel and began to spin. But the baby cried because the cat had gone away and the woman could not hush it. It struggled and kicked and grew black in the face. Oh, my enemy, and wife of my enemy, and mother of my enemy, said the cat, take a strand of the wire that you're spinning, and tie it to your spinning whirl, and drag it along the floor, and I will show you a magic that shall make your baby laugh as loudly as he is now crying. Oh, I will do so, said the woman, because I am at my wit's end, but I will not thank you for it. She tied the thread to the little clay spindle whirl and drew it across the floor, and the cat ran after it and patted it with his paws and rolled head over heels and tossed it backward over his shoulder and chased it between his hind legs and pretended to lose it and pounced upon it again till the baby laughed as loudly as he had been crying and scrambled after the cat and frolicked all over the cave till it grew tired and settled down to sleep with the cat in its arms. Now, said the cat, I will sing the baby a song that shall keep him asleep for an hour. And he began to purr, loud and low, low and loud, purr, till the baby fell fast asleep. The woman smiled as she looked down upon the two of them and said, That was wonderfully done. No question, but you are very clever, O oh cat. That very minute and second best beloved, the smoke of the fire at the back of the cave came down in clouds from the roof, puff, because it remembered the bargain she had made with the cat. And when it had cleared away, lo and behold, the cat was sitting quite comfy close to the fire. Oh, my enemy and wife of my enemy and mother of my enemy, said the cat, it is I, for you have spoken a second word in my praise, and now I can sit by the warm fire at the back of the cave for always and always and always. But still, I am the cat who walks by himself, and 
all places are alike to me. Then the woman was very, very angry and let down her hair and put more wood on the fire and brought out the broad blade bone of the shoulder mutton and began to make magic that should prevent her from saying a third word in praise of the cat. It was not a singing magic, best beloved. It was a still magic. And by and by, the cave grew so still that a little weak, weak mouse crept out of a corner and ran across the floor. Oh, my enemy and wife of my enemy and mother of my enemy, said the cat. Is that little mouse part of your magic? Oh, chee, chee, no indeed, said the woman, and she dropped the blade bone and jumped up on the footstool in front of the fire and braided up her hair very quick for fear the mouse should run up it. Ah, said the cat, watching. Then the mouse will do me no harm if I eat it. No, said the woman, braiding up her hair. Eat it quickly, and I will ever be grateful to you. Cat made one jump, caught the mouse, and the woman said, Oh, a hundred thanks. Even the first friend is not quick enough to catch little mice as you have done. You must be very wise. That very moment and second, oh, my best beloved, the milk pot that stood by the fire cracked in two pieces, because it remembered the bargain she had made with the cat. And when the woman jumped down from the footstool, lo and behold, the cat was lapping up the warm white milk that lay in one of the broken pieces. Oh, my enemy and wife of my enemy and mother of my enemy, said the cat, it is I, for you have spoken three words in my praise, and now I can drink the warm white milk three times a day for always and always and always, but still I am the cat who walks by himself, and all places are alike to me. Then the woman laughed and set the cat a bowl of the warm white milk and said, Oh, cat, you are as clever as a man, but remember that your bargain was not made with the man or the dog, and I do not know what they will do when they come home. What is that to me, said the cat, if I have my place in the cave by the fire and warm white milk three times a day? I do not care what the man or dog can do. That's not where Mr. Kipling ended this story. But I have a challenge for you, dear listener. How would you end this story? Would you include anything else about how things began? If you want to find out how the story we were reading ends, you can visit your local library, or you can go online and visit Project Gutenberg and read the Just So stories for yourself. Music for today's program was from the Carnival of the Animals, composed by Camille Sanson and performed by the Seattle Youth Symphony. The recording was made available through museopen.org, a provider of music free of copyright. If you enjoyed this podcast, please join us again next week for more Timeless Tales.